It's time to get all set for Sunday, a podcast for busy and distracted Catholics with your hosts, Scott Williams and Jeff Trailer. When I hear the coffee brewing, I think, what the heck we doing? Because I got barely any sleep last night. As the diaper bag I pack with hot wheels, dollies, and some snacks, I say, oh, pray there'll be a seat in the fry room this time. It's all right, because I'm all set for Sunday. Matthew, Mark, or Luke, or John, no idea what's going on. I can't pay attention at any food break. Loose from parishioners, old ladies and ushers. I guess I'll throw some extra bucks in the collection plate. It's all right, because I'm all set for Sunday. It's all right, because I'm all set for. It's all right, because I'm all set for. It's all right, because I'm all set for Sunday. Welcome to All Set for Sunday, a podcast for busy and distracted Catholics to be a little more prepared for Sunday Mass. My name is Scott Williams. My co-host is Jeff Trailer. How are you, Jeff? I'm fantastic, Scott. I'm on vacation. I'm relaxed. I'm having a nice morning cup of coffee, staring at the beautiful mountains in Colorado. I, I couldn't be any better. Awesome. Father Tim, which is Scott, is joining us as our guest today. Father Tim, how are you? I'm doing very well. Thanks for having me back. I'm down in You're southern welcome. Indiana, right on the Ohio River, sort of on vacation, a one-day vacation, which is all us priests ever get. <laughs> oh, poor, poor Father Tim. Anyone who's listened to this show consistently will know that like one of two things is always true when Father Tim's on. He's on vacation, or he's not <laughs> preaching. And I think this week it's both, so I'm really excited. <laughs> I'm ready to go. I'm happy to be here. And you're doing this on your day off. You're such a good shepherd. On my day off, on vacation, on someone else's computer. I don't have a very good ability to say no for some reason to Jeff. Aww. It's because he also asked me for a million things a week. So that's true. It's a nice, even exchange. Well, uh, nobody asked, but I'm going to go ahead and say I'm also doing great. And oh, hey, hey, Scott, how are you? <laughs> are you on vacation too? I'm not working, but I wouldn't call it vacation. I'm, I'm currently on paternity leave. My uh, wife and I had a baby, a baby girl named Hannah. Um, Beautiful baby girl. She Congratulations. Is... is this your first show since you've had the baby? Um, this is the first. We, we pre-recorded one. So it's the second show since the baby, but the first one that we've recorded since the baby, the baby has been born. Congratulations. And Very Scott, happy you guys. Scott needed to get away so much to record the episode that he went and got his RV and parked it in front of his house. <laughs> and that's where he's recording from. <laughs> the only quiet place you're going to have for months. So that's good. That's, that's pretty accurate. I, I was like, mm-hmm. we're going to do this. Well, the RV's out front. I'm going to work on it for a little bit. Might as well come out here. So, um, yeah, but you know we're we're excited. But the baby's been on opposite schedules as everybody else. So if my words don't work right, that's probably why. Um, but Palm Sunday, pretty stoked about that. I've been doing my hand exercises, getting ready to make some wicked palm crosses um, on Sunday, which is which is I understand what you're supposed to do during the gospel reading because it's super long. They're given uh, to you to, to play with the whole mass. That's why we pass, that's why we pass them out. <laughs> Palmagami. It's like origami, but with palms. Yeah. I don't think we can call it the two-minute drill this week, Jeff, but because um, it's it's a long one, if I'm not mistaken. It is a long one. It is Palm Sunday, where obviously we're, we've been building in Lent here. We've had some great episodes here in Lent, Scott. Like I feel like the the 
podcast has really helped me through Lent and helped mm-hmm. me get ready. Father Tim, we had Father Jeff Dufresne on last week. It was the first time uh, for us to have him on. And he Very told nice. us that he actually uses the podcast to help him get ready for his homilies. So please don't disappoint his congregation this I, week. Yeah, I'm sorry <laughs> to hear that for him. There's, I, next time I see uh, Father Dufresne, I will introduce him to far better resources that are out there. <laughs> <laughs> well, for... Palm Sunday this week. Uh, the readings are a little tricky. So before Mass even starts this week, we get a gospel reading that comes for the procession with the palms. So um, there are two options for that. I went ahead and took the shorter one, Father Tim, uh, which is John chapter 12, uh, verses 12 to 16. So basically, here was my takeaway from this is Jesus is coming, y'all. Like Jesus is coming. He's entering the city. Um, Everybody get your palms out, get excited. Uh, He's going (laughs) to, and then it says, Jesus, he's going to mount up on an ass and he's going to ride into town. Um, (laughs) And it's, it says it, it says it twice in there. I I did. And it (laughs) says it twice um, as father shakes his head and disappointment, but Jesus declares himself. It's (laughs) thank you. Uh, He declares himself King. And the disciples are confused. They're confused about this, about when he talks about the king entering Zion. But later, they're going to figure it out. Like, it, it's going to play out here in a few days. And th- hopefully, they're going to get things figured out. Our first reading comes from Isaiah chapter 50. Um, God gives Isaiah, Isaiah a well-trained tongue so he can speak. He gives him open ears so he can hear. And then Isaiah takes all that. He does the right thing. He makes sure that he turns his back when he is struck, that he that he um, doesn't turn his back on the Lord, that he doesn't react in that way. He shows his cheek um, when he needs to, and he sets his face like flint so there can be no shame, so that when he is attacked, when he's attacked for his beliefs and his teachings, he will not turn away from that because his t- tongue has been trained and his ears have been opened. Better than my tongue today. Um, the responsorial psalm. All right. This is a solemn banger because this is like a sad, this is a sad responsorial psalm. But in my mind, and you guys tell me if it's the same way, like in my mind growing up, I have a specific person that I can always remember singing this responsorial psalm. Um, And I feel like this is the performer's dream for responsorial psalm that my God, my God, why have you abandoned me? And like the, you, you always, I feel like every church gets that person. Who's like, this is my Sunday. This is when I'm getting up there and they really get after this and really get deep and passionate and excited. Do you guys know what I'm talking about? Anything? Yeah. It's always the same cantor that does the, were you there? The, yes. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> it's, it's great. There's plenty of great songs on Palm Sunday. <laughs> it's absolutely true. It, it is. Somebody has got to get in there. Who's just going to get deep in their gut and really find the passion and like maybe get a recording contract out of this Psalm. So this is for sure a banger. Um, and then second Philippians or second reading comes from Philippians. Sorry. Um, so it tells us that though Jesus was God, he didn't seek to be treated that way. Instead, he emptied himself in his humanity to us. He showed his humanity and showed who he was. Um, but because of this, and I felt like the end of this reading plays out like a boxing intro, like Jesus is coming into the ring and it's just like, he is exalted above every name. Knees shall bend, tongues shall confess. And then we find out Jesus is Lord. Um, it's I think it's a great buildup in that reading and everything. And then we get to the whew, we get to the gospel. Mike comes down from the ceiling. Yes, <laughs> in this corner. 
Um, and then we get to the gospel reading. And I thought since we, we should break the gospel reading up into parts. So if you guys check your email, I've sent you your parts and then we can, I'm just kidding. We're not going to read the gospel this week. That'd be half the podcast. It'd be three quarters of the podcast, but everybody knows it's the passion of our Lord Jesus Christ on Palm Sunday. Um, all the parts are read. We get to hear how this all plays out. I'm not going to review it. Everybody knows this one. That was my gift. My gift to the listeners was me not reading the Palm Sunday gospel reading. What a gift indeed. I'm just going to wear my, my, uh, my, my Dr. Scholl's gel insults. It's, I, I always remember like this reading is long enough that your feet start to hurt by the end of standing so long. You know, and a lot of people ask, are you going to have them all sit down during the gospel? We provide the option. If you need to sit down, please feel free. But we don't. I don't have everyone just automatically sit. When did it become a thing to uh, like have the the congregation participate in in having like different parts? Do you know the history the, of that? You know, not that well, but as I understand it, it is it's old. late late fourteenth century or so. It's older even than the council, I believe that there that, ah. that there used to be. Um, now, of course, it, it would have been in Latin, I suppose. But uh, and recently, they have come out and said the uh, the choral the chorus part that it is not necessarily such that the people should be doing the chorus part because it's the people end up saying crucify him crucify him we have no king but caesar on good friday things like that so they you're allowed to do that but they encourage you just to have like a group like a choir or something do that as well Interesting. So, so you're not just asking your entire congregation to scream and really get behind the crucifying of jesus christ yeah that's probably good we have no king but Caesar crucifying. It's not necessarily what you with the people, but there's also some theology there that our sins are what crucified him. So I think it can go either way. Okay. Well, now that we got that out of the way, what what's uh what did Jeff get wrong? Anything? No, he really didn't. Of course, he didn't. Uh, there wasn't much to get wrong. He, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but no, he he represented the readings very well, and it is you know so. This this coming weekend, we're having St. Mark's version of the Passion. Um, and as is always the case, on Good Friday will be St. John's. Uh, but uh, we hear the the intro from St. John of coming in on on the on the, the the beast of burden, I'll call it, as Jesus rides into Jerusalem. But no, Jeff, the beast did of... Jeff did everything fine. <laughs> the um, beast of burden. Yeah. I love it. That's the classic rock fan in you, Father. It is. <laughs> that, well, that's what donkeys were. They were beasts. Well, what are we? Uh, what are we talking about this week? What you know, we... and there's obviously with with the passion. There's there's a there's a number of things going on. One. The... Wait. First off, can we confirm you're not preaching? I am as not is preaching. usually the case when I'm you get on our on, podcast. I'm preaching on Good Friday, which has also okay. been preaching on the passion. Now it's John's, but. It's, you know, there's, it's pretty much the same thing. You know, it's the same message, I think. You could really, you could get specific to the, to Mark, Matthew, Luke, and John's interpretations, but I don't usually get in the weeds in that regard because it's, again, it, this is the one time that it does say in the Missal, the priest, even if a short homily, should preach a homily. So it, it's the only time that it says in the Missal a very strong hint for a short homily mm. because they just heard a very long gospel. But the homily is not to be omitted. It does. It does say that. But uh, you know, I mean, what's there not to say here in this one mass? We see basically one of the high points and the low point of the of of the human race both play out. The entire time Jesus was on Earth, it is very, very, very rare that he's treated with the dignity and the honor that he's due. 
and him can coming into Jerusalem on the ass and with the dawn and and with the palms and the Hosanna. That's a that's one of those times that he's shown Scott, his proper glory. Scott, can you bleep that out in the edit? <laughs> in the edit, yeah. Scott's trying to hold back giggles. <laughs> we're all gonna be mature this weekend, and when we hear that word proclaimed, we're gonna know that we're talking, you know, and so no, but I mean it, it, it's I would say the high point of of his time on earth as far meaning as far as people are finally treating him as he should be treated, which is with, you know, that incredible glory. They're putting coats down on the ground. So the foot of the donkey that he's riding won't touch the mud. And then as soon as that's over, then we switch to deicide to when the human race killed God. So the, the lowest point of our entire, of our entire race comes and we take the one who came to save us. We take the one who created us we drag him outside of the city and crucify him between two thieves. And so it's there's there's so much to be said, I think, for the condition of humanity in these two readings. But also, of course, this is also the moment of our salvation. This is the moment in which the ancient curse is broken, that it's taken upon him, Christ himself. And then when he dies, when he enters into death, he forever breaks the power of death over us. So there is, you know, other than Easter Sunday itself, there is no more dramatic weekend of the entire year. There's a reason it's the longest gospel of the year. And there's a reason that in every Catholic church, our principal symbol of our of our faith is a crucifix. It's not typically a risen Lord. It's typically a crucifix. Um, and that's because this is the moment that that the power of death and sin was broken. The resurrection is the moment that everything culminates and, and eternal life is is made ready. But if it we don't get to Easter Sunday without Good Friday. And so there's all, you know, so there's, I typically will preach about the nature of joining our sufferings to Christ. Because we do every, you know, everything Christ does, everything God does, uh, it pleases him to do through us, to mediate through the human race, you know, in charity and in, in, in all things. But even in suffering, the redemption and the salvation won for us on the cross, he even likes to mediate that through us, to do that through us as well. And that's the entire nature of offering up suffering and joining him in his passion. That suffering is unavoidable in this life, unfortunately, because of the condition of sin, but even that can be redemptive. So even in this darkest moment, in the moment that we killed God himself, in our attempt to be free of him, and our ultimate attempt to join the kingdom of the evil one, even in that darkness, God is able to turn it and make it into the most important event in human history, which provided for us our salvation. So really, what more is there to say? I mean, it's the homily is pretty much writes itself just based off of our theology and based off what we are remembering on this day. I think the last couple of weeks on this podcast, we've talked a lot about like juxtaposition, like an ex one extreme that leads to another. So like last week, we had a discussion about what well, we were discussing fasting during Lent and Father Jeff was talking about on the 19th when we have had the solemnity of St. Joseph about how you don't fast from meat. And he, he said something that I thought was really profound that like without, we can't fast if we don't feast, like right. a feat, the feast is nothing, but also in the other way, like a feast, if a feast is celebrated every day, then it's not a feast. If there's not lows, if we don't fast, if we don't sacrifice, and I think you said something very similar there when you said, like, we can't have Easter Sunday, the greatest gift that we have in the church. Like, we can't have that without Good Friday. Right. And, and I because think— Because of sin. Now, that, it, it wouldn't yes. have to be that way, but because of the condition of sin. Yes. 
Yeah. Correct. But I think it talks, it, it, I look back at what you were talking about, like the highs and the lows in these readings that we have the high point of Christ's humanity and like the recognition and, but is anything more representative of the gospel in like, we talk on here a lot about like the disciples and the apostles and, and St. Peter specifically, like they're nailing it. Like humanity nails it. Right. They, yeah. they see the that one it's a finding moment. Yes. Yeah. They've got it. They're, they know they're laying down their coats. Like they, they have, this moment where they know that the Lord is in front of them. They're seeing him. They're celebrating him. And then we just, in the, in the blink of an eye, we find a way to ruin it. Um, But that is, it is the, because we didn't like our expectation because we wanted something. We thought we wanted something different, you know, and it didn't, he didn't turn into a, a political King. He didn't throw off the Romans. He didn't declare himself, you know, on the throne of, of, of Israel. It was, it was not what we were expecting. And then because, we like to throw tantrums when we don't get what we want. It turned very, very quickly. Yeah. No, it, it just, it made me think back to St. Paul's uh, phrase, oh, happy fault, which created for us so great a redeemer. Like the idea of that good Friday to Easter Sunday, that without sin, had sin not entered the world you know, or where sin entered the world, grace abounded all the more, right? Mm-hmm. Like, and, yeah. and God like, can take anything yeah. that we throw at him and make it better than we yeah. could have imagined. All right, that was all in my brain. Yeah, um, and I, I honestly don't have a, a much more to add there. So, I, well, one thing that I was thinking, like along those same lines, can we also say that we wouldn't know holiness if sin didn't exist, though? That we wouldn't know holiness? No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't agree with that. I think if sin didn't exist, we would be in perfect holiness because we'd be, yeah, we would be in holiness, meaning it, you know, being our closeness to God and and fulfilling what we are called to do pre-original sin yeah world now god pre-original sin god still calls us to himself you know and there's arguments of would he have become man and and w- would the incarnation have happened without original sin and it's sort of a moot point because we live in it but it did but <laughs> but we still would have been perfectly holy we, we, we just wouldn't have known death or suffering right so you know palm sunday brings us into a um it's i mean it's kind of like the launching point into holy week too so um i don't know i i think last year holy week was obviously different this year it'll look different as well have you thought about ways that people can prepare for holy week and easter um this year that might look differently and yeah it I, I suppose it depends a little bit if you're, you know, I mean, like at St. Mark, we're doing sign up. Well, not for Palm Sunday, but for for the Triduum. Mm-hmm. If you're able to get to church and you and it's safe and you feel comfortable going to church, I think, you know, uh, versus if you have to do it virtually one more year, which is also probably the case for many. You know, there's kind of two different forms there. I think, I think it's important that, that people, you know, don't expect to get the handouts and the worship aids and the gospel. Like we can't. We just simply, because like normally at St. Mark, we print a worship aid that goes from Palm Sunday to Easter Sunday, like a booklet that has all the readings, the people's parts and the passion, the songs, and then you just turn it back in and pick it back up. And we can't do that. So, we, you know, we can't print tens of thousands of them. So we, uh, we're we not doing that this year. So I'd say have have something ready, maybe bring something with you to follow along if that's if you're used to doing that. Mm-hmm. But also just like any year, I mean, it's going to be different for some people, but just like any year, try and remember just how important this week is for our faith and 
to make it, you know, to really enter into that, the, the spirit of, especially the Triduum. Wait, so teetering on dumb questions here, but uh, is, where, where do you fall on? Is it acceptable for, for me to have my phone out in mass to follow along on the reading? I think, yes, I think so. If, you know, if it's possible to follow, like, turn it on airplane mode, download the readings and turn it on airplane mode. I assume, and, and perhaps this is me being, you know, overly naive. Whenever I see people on their phones in mass, I assume they're, they're, they're doing that. They're following along with the readings. That's kind yeah. of a relief. Cause you are my pastor, but yeah. I do this sometimes, but I like, I keep it like down real low behind the yeah. view in front of me and like try to hide are, it. And I get I nervous, hope, but I would hope people aren't just texting or emailing in the middle of mass. So yeah, I, I, I assume they're following the readings. I think that's fine. And I think, you know, if you're able to get a missile or even just print them off, all of that is is a good way to, or just really, you know, some people enjoy just listening and that's fine as well and soaking it in. So I think whatever works best for you, if you do have to do it virtually, I'm, I'm a big with, with virtual mass. I'm, I'm a big fan of really making it as best you can, like something special. You turn everything else off, mm-hmm. um, you know, don't do other things. Don't lounge in the chairs during mass. When the people that are standing, stand, kneel, if you can try and follow the motions and do the responses as if you were there, you know, really put yourself into it. It's not just like watching TV, like any other time. I even think for people that can't go on Easter Sunday, if if it's still going to be one more year before they go, then, you know, dress up and treat it like Easter Sunday, even if you have to stay at home, you know, I mean, our capacity is 220 plus the 80 in the gym. So we can only have 300 people at each mass. So I know there'll be some that can't get in at least to St. Mark. They'll have to do it virtually. So I'm hoping this is the last time we have to do that, but still don't allow COVID to take away from the importance of what the Triduum is and what it means for us. Well, I like it. I love Easter. I love Holy Week. I love the Tritium. This is this is exciting. I, I, I mean, it's we're recording this on a Monday, so it feels like Easter is really far away. But um, I don't know. That's Lent. Almost I'm, here. Do let's do dumb questions. You ready, Jeff? I'm ready. It's time for Jeff's dumb questions. The part in the show where the glow of the flame of knowledge grows a little dimmer and our collective IQ goes down a few points, all thanks to Jeff. We're sorry. All right, Jeff, take it away. All right. Dumb questions this week is palm themed. I want to talk about palms, Father. Are you ready? Okay, I am. Okay. So on Palm Sunday, we know we show up at Mass, there's palms. Mm hmm. We get those palms. A, are those palms blessed? Like you bless those palms, correct? Not before you get them. It's blessed as a part of yes. the mess. Yeah. Okay. So we get, we have these blessed palms. We take them home. What, what are we supposed to do with them? Like, what is the appropriate I, I thought, thing I thought every Catholic to do with the them? Same thing. They, you put that, you put it between the, your crucifix and your wall. So it hangs off the crucifix all year until shortly before the next Palm Sunday, in which you either burn it, bury it, or bring it to the Easter Vigil fire. Okay, that gets me to my next point. Is So, like, burn it. These things. Yes. Cause, <laughs> and that's what I really want to get across to our listeners, is you said burn it, bury it, or bring it to the Easter Vigil fire, correct? Burn it, yeah. Okay, so we can burn it on our own. You can, yeah. Okay, because if, if, I think Scott just nailed it there, like, 
these things just stack up. Like we, and I've got it. We've got them tucked places. They're in like Ziploc bags. Like I know they're a blessed item. I don't know exactly what. Yeah, to do I, them. The, the and I for sure forget. To like you know, we burn them, and that's what makes the ashes for next year's. But like I've seen a bulletin insert that says, "Bring your palms. We're gonna burn. We're gonna burn the palms for the ashes." I don't. That must have been something some churches did because I've heard that from a lot of people. But we order I, our ashes, so I, yeah, I, I order yeah. ashes off Amazon. We've never done that, that at, uh, at churches I've been at. But yeah, if you if you do bonfires in the you know the spring or fall, you can always burn your ashes. So you can always burn your palms. Just don't throw them away. That's you know because because they're blessed, they shouldn't be tossed in the trash. Okay, this this is good. This is good info because I think there are a lot of people who find themselves. They're like, All right, we got our palms. Scott Scott's name. He, Scott made his uh, name on the podcast today. Goat Palm Cross Maker. <laughs> Make a cross. Yeah, our seminarians Scott, made a beautiful palm, like a, a a handheld palm thing that they made all, all intricate for me last year. So I've seen a lot of good artwork with palms. Yes, but that now you have that thing and you have to do something with it. And for sure, I walk into the Easter vigil every year and I pull up and I see the fire pit and I go, dang it. I should have <laughs> brought my palms. Yeah. Yes, I've that's forgotten. A, that's the easiest way to get rid of them. But you can do that at home. There's nothing wrong with burning them on your own or just okay. burying them in your garden. You know, they don't have to bury them deep. Just get them underground and just get them under the soil and they'll they'll decompose. This is this is good to know. Thank you. Just All right. Not the trash. Not the trash. All right, second question for you, Father, because we're, we're going to have Palm Sunday, and then we're going to lead into Holy Week. Are you, like, as a priest, do you get hyped for Holy Week? Like, this is a big week for you. Yeah, this is like our Super Bowl, yes. Yeah, and, you know, Holy Thursday is priesthood day. That's the institution of the priesthood. Mm-hmm. But typically, priests will treat Holy Thursday like, an, you know, like, plus we have our chrism mass. Um, unfortunately, this year, it's not, I don't think it's going to be much open to the public because of the numbers, but chrism mass is when we re- you know, renew our vows, if you will, or renew our promises, and we all get together. And um, <clears throat> again, COVID makes everything hard and terrible. But that's it's yeah. In most dioceses, the chrism mass is on Tuesday, just because the priest. It's supposed to be Holy Thursday morning, but if a diocese is spread out, it's hard for the priest to get there and back. And I, I mean, to go from from Holy Thursday to to Easter Sunday is, I would think it's the it's by far my favorite time of the year. I okay, mean, so. Let me ask you this. So over these next two weeks, what are you, if you don't mind me asking, what are you personally doing to like kind of prepare for Easter? Like, are you just hydrating? Are you like, <laughs> yes, I, I mean, I, I hydrate. I do my pushups every day. I take drinking tea with honey to try I to do, prep your throat for all the I readings, do all the curls on my right arm. So I can fling the holy water with the aspergillus. <laughs> extra far. Stop and saying ass on the podcast. Father. Aspergillium. <laughs> um, no, but I think. Wait, tell everybody what an aspergillium is. It's this. It's the sprinkling rod that you dip in the holy water and fling out. And you know what? What I found is what's more fun to use is like a uh, an evergreen branch because you can get three times as much water. I, I think Wait, I might do that. I think I might do that I, this year. Can I tell you my one of my favorite memories of all time of being a a server? was serving at a mass in uh, Monsignor Frank Tui. Did you ever know Monsignor Tui, Father Tim? I, I knew that name, but I did not know him. Yeah. So Monsignor Tui was my pastor um, at the time, and he would always use a pine branch. And so I was walking the church with him at St. Luke, very large church, long walk to get up and down all those aisles. And I'm holding a bowl, the bowl, and Monsignor Tui thought it was hysterical to dip the pine branch 
and then he would like shake it lightly and then he would backswing right into my face and just and i was just and i remember finishing doing this like dripping like my face and hair dripping with water my uh alb my server alb was like soaking wet and he's just giggling the entire time i just i thought it was hysterical almost every time i do a sprinkling right i have a big dumb smile on my face because it <laughs> like it, it's fun I, I have to admit it especially in, when you see someone you know that could use a little extra blessing then yeah i, I went to uh the 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 massive thanksgiving for father ben cyberg whose house you're at right now and right. Um, yeah I you could not wipe that stupid smile off his face when it came time for the sprinkler. And obviously, like you know everybody at your own. Yeah. It's a blast. The first time I ever did the sprinkling right at St. Malachi, I didn't do it for my massive Thanksgiving. It was at St. Malachi. And uh, I did when I was done, I said out loud, that was every bit as fun as I knew it would be. <laughs> <laughs> what is what is sprinkling right day like in seminary? Scott likes <laughs> Scott has this theory in his mind that every one of these activities is just like one day in seminary. So like sprinkling right day. Like that's just all you work on that day. You know what? Like, do you I'm guys going, have to walk around the classroom? And I don't know that they ever even trained us to do. I don't remember ever being, you know, when you're a seminarian, you serve masses so much, you sort of pick it all up that way. But I do not remember being trained in how to do a sprinkling. Right is there a chance you just skipped class that day? That's a very good chance. Sprinkling. Yeah. <laughs> you were, at, you were at the unstable. I was, I was doing some, I was, I forgot where I was supposed to be, or my calendar was wrong, or what's something. Yeah, no, I don't it, that. Very you, Father Tim. It couldn't have been your fault. They taught us a lot of things, like how to pour water on a baby's head without getting it in the baby's face. They taught us, um, you know, how to how to do the incense properly. But sprinkling right, I think they just assumed we would know how to do. Okay. Okay. So you, you talked about being excited for Holy Week, and well, you actually didn't dive into how you're actually preparing. I was other than starting to girls. do that, and then you started telling us about your. Monsignor Tui stories. Sorry, uh, I mean you. So I think as you get close to the Triduum, whatever it is, I there's a book that I have actually that I've had for years and years called called um, it's just called The Passion of the Christ. I can't remember who wrote it. It's an it's I'm sure it's out of print. That's a movie. Like, it's also a movie. Yeah, you should just watch the movie. It, it was written by a Jesuit like the late 1800s, and it's it's broken up into like into like five parts, and it's it's a quick read. So I typically will read that through Holy Week, preparing for Good Friday. Um, the office of readings in the office that we do as priests anyways, gears up. I'll tell you what, if you, if anyone has access to the office of readings in the breviary, so you need the four volume one, or you can find it online, find the reading, the second reading for Holy Saturday uh, about Jesus going into hell. And, um, and, uh, it, it's, it, it's the best reading of the whole series of the office of readings. And it's, written it, it's an unknown author homily from like the fourth century but it is absolutely absolutely stunning that's awesome the second reading of the office of readings on what holy day saturday. holy saturday on holy saturday morning yeah right. i'm gonna write that down can you put it in the show notes scott uh yeah i'll totally put that in the show notes <laughs> scott's always saying he's gonna put things in the show notes <laughs> you have show notes i mean oh, I guess when you download the podcast i got it yeah yeah, it's just things yeah. say on podcasts that I just don't don't actually know how to do. Yeah. <laughs> um. All right. So here's my here's my last dumb question, then, Father. So, what are our podcasts we talk about is focused on busy and distracted Catholics. Like, <clears throat> obviously, Lent is a great time to help us get a little less distracted. But 
if you're somebody like Scott, you just go and have a baby and then you park your RV out front and your kids are all over the place. Like, what are some tips for families in these two weeks as we're heading into Palm Sunday, as we're heading into Easter? Do you have any tips for families on how they can, you know, things that we can do to prepare? You know, I mean, some of these are obvious. Increase your prayer together, pray rosary together, or just something that, that, that the kids can sit through. I think when you get your palms, explain to your kids that these are that what it means and that this is holy and then put it somewhere in your house sort of ceremoniously. So what does it mean? What what do we tell the kid? Like, not not for me, because obviously I know, but for other parents. You know, yeah. this, this is a holy object that was blessed at Mass that reminds us um, because it was used to, you know, sort of explain that that palms were laid down as like a path and they were waved at him as a way of honoring him, that this is how they showed that he was a holy and important person. And we do that too. And we, you know, so we have this palm, you know, as a reminder that Jesus is the most important person in our life. And then, I don't know, show them the scene from Jesus Christ Superstar when he comes in and they sing Hazana, Hosanna and lay the palms down. Uh, you know, especially, I'm going to absolutely do that. My kids will love that. Yeah. And I'll tell them their father. You know, put it in the house uh, ceremonies. It's all right because I'm a simple. It's all right because I'm a simple. It's all right because I'm a simple Sunday.